The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. The calendar may say it's winter, but it's always a good time to be focusing on the boys of summer. From the stars who make the plays on the diamond to the ones who make the decisions in the front office, let's bring you Inside Your Hometown Nine with Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Well, welcome to Inside Twins. It is Chris Atterbury live here from KSIH in Watertown, South Dakota. This is a caravan edition of Inside Twins. We appreciate everybody joining us on all our various twin social media platforms uh, all across uh, Twins territory and beyond. And, of course, everybody who joins us across our fine network of affiliates tonight as well. It is a caravan edition. This is an amazing Twins tradition. Last night uh, we were in uh, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. A great show. Tonight we'll be in Fargo. And today uh, we're stopping off in Watertown, South Dakota. As you can kind of see in the background here, the Titan Machinery sign. Uh, and we'll see some of the big tractors here at Case IH momentarily uh, with Cody Funderburg. Now, Nick Gordon was supposed to be here. Unfortunately, after the show last night, Nick had to head home uh, to deal with an illness in the family. Uh, so Nick will not be joining us today. But Cody Funderburg is here on this edition of Inside Twins. And we'll also be joined by Glenn Perkins, who will have some unique things perhaps to offer in regards to what was the other big news of the day across Twins territory yesterday. And that, of course, was the first ballot induction of Joe Maurer into Cooperstown. A wonderful day for everybody in Twins territory and obviously for Joe and his family. So let's throw now to a, a little kickoff montage of Joe Maurer, newly minted Hall of Fame. Our second member of the class of 2024 played his entire career with one team, his hometown Minnesota Twins. Joe Maurer, welcome to Cooperstown. I really didn't know what to think. You know, this is my first go at it. You know, obviously there's there's a lot of buzz, um, you know, leading up to today and and people having opinions all across the board. And, and so to receive that call, was amazing. Uh, the emotions started to really flood um, after receiving that call. Very emotional for me. I, I, I know everybody, or most people know I lost my dad about a year ago. Actually, it's a year and seven days till the day. So the significance when you think about the position that I'm in, I mean, he's obviously been a huge part of that and my grandpa's. And, you know, for me, I'm just thankful that they got to see my, my last game to be selected by my hometown team and then to be able to stay my whole career with that hometown team, you know, something that, that I know is rare uh, these days and something that I uh, look back and smile and, and very proud of, you know, to wear one, one cap my whole career. Yeah. Pretty cool. Indeed. And some of the pictures for those of you joining us live, Cody Funderburk is here, as mentioned, again, Chris Atterbury welcoming you back to inside twins all across our fine network of affiliates and on our social media platform. So I believe we do have Cody. Now, he's in the next room. But now this were fantastic last night in Sioux Falls. I think we've got some, some footage of you doing your thing. Uh, what did you know about the caravan coming, coming in, <coughs> excuse me, when you signed up for it? And how has the experience been? Yeah, uh, first caravan, I had no idea what to expect or what was going on. Uh, definitely picking the brains of like Theo Bar, who's done it for a while. Uh, Luckily, last night I had Nikki G, who's also done the, the Fargo caravan. Um, and, I mean, it's been a great experience just getting to go around to different places other than Minnesota and meet all the different fans. You kind of – not that you forget, but these fans don't uh, – they don't have baseball teams over here in the Dakotas, and, and Minnesota's the closest team. So 
um, the fans give me the opportunity to, to do what I get to do. And uh, it's nice to just be able to, you know, get to see them, talk to them, interact with them and, and show my appreciation for, for what they do. Now, last night we had a, a crowd of a couple hundred people and I asked mm -hmm. them at the start of the show how many were in attendance at one of the playoff games. And I was mm -hmm. amazed at how many people raised their hands. Yeah, were so you as surprised as I was? Absolutely. I kind of thought maybe one or two people would have gone down there for the playoff games, but it was a good part, part of that crowd that raised their hand. And I mean, the people that were there, I mean, Rocco said it best, like the place felt like it was about to split open. The, the energy was infectious and, and, and it was just amazing. And it was amazing to see that those people made the trip down there. Like I said, like they, they, I mean, that's not a, that's not a short drive, four hours to go, go to the playoff game. Like that's, that takes a lot. So super appreciative of it. And they brought the energy for sure. What were some of the things you heard from fans going through the autograph line last night about, you know, you in particular being a younger player coming off a rookie mm -hmm. year? Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> a lot of people were like, yeah, we heard you in your debut. And we're like, who the heck is this guy? <laughs> um, which I thought was kind of funny. But a lot of people showed their appreciation and, and told me that I did a really good job, which was really nice to hear from the fans. It's always good to get those positive energy, the positive vibes and, and just really appreciative that they, you know, they take interest in my career and, and, and the twins. Even Scott, who's one of our hosts here at KSIH in Watertown, South Dakota, said he was at your debut uh, mm -hmm. in the suite that night when you picked up your first major league win. Now, we've yeah. been riding the buses here for a couple of days. And, you know, I spent eight years riding minor league buses on a lot of these same highways. <laughs> you hit a lot of stops in the road in your minor league career before becoming a major leaguer. Does it take mm -hmm. you back a little bit? Uh, when you climb De aboard the old bus? Definitely. I mean, AAA is the first time you get, you know, you fly around to some places. St. Paul, we still bus to, to Des Moines and and uh, Omaha. But, yeah, definitely hitting every uh, run on the ladder. You you take some not-so-fun bus rides. But uh, it, uh, four hours is, is, is not bad. You can definitely find things to pass the time and just relax and hang out. But definitely takes me back to some of those long, long bus trips early in my minor, or early in my baseball career. Well, let's talk about your career because you've had an unusual path. I think we've got some, some other pictures of, of you here as a, as a younger guy for those of you joining us on our, on our social media platforms. Mm -hmm. Here, here's you signing. I think is this out of high school? Is this you signing a letter of intent out of yeah. high school with the with the short? Yeah, the short that was hair. The short hair. Yeah, no, that was in high school, my senior year. Uh, me signing to go play baseball at Mesa Community College out there in Arizona for two years. And then you went from there to Dallas Baptist, and mm -hmm. a lot of people realized that you were a, a position player. You were a first baseman. Yeah. Got the build for it. You're left-handed. How much pitching did you actually do in college? Um, it wasn't – I definitely – I did it. Not very good at it. Um, my sophomore year at JC, uh, I just did not pitch very good. I only got 12 innings. I was hitting the ball really, really well. So it kind of turned into one of those things where it's like pitching's not really going uh, your way this year. Let's just focus on swinging the bat. Um, and then when I went to DBU, they too told me um, I was going to be a primary hitter. Um, and if like any kind of like scheduling – uh, timing things conflicted. I'd always err on the side of, of hitting, whether it be defense or, or hitting in the cages or things like that. Um, and at DVU, they're known for their offense. And Keefner runs a great program, um, but he makes you work. He, we would hit for, for three or four hours uh, pretty much every single day. And then 
it would be after my hitting practice that I would might have to go throw a bullpen, but I just took four or 500 swings at a high intent <laughs> and then tried to go throw a bullpen. It was not the most quality work. And, and I was always a hitter. I didn't know a lot about pitching. I just kind of was big and left-handed and people just kind of stuck me on the mound. So it took me a while, my first, you know, two, three years in pro ball to like actually learn how to pitch a, a routine. What does my body need? How do I need to move my body? Um, and then it wasn't until last year where I learned to throw a sinker and, and the sweeping slider that, you know, really helped me um, in my career as a pitcher. What, what do you think the Twins saw in you to draft you where they did as a pitcher? What, I mean, obviously they were looking at something that you possessed that maybe you didn't even know you had. I have no idea because if you look at my, my numbers as a pitcher at DBU, they are pretty atrocious. Um, <laughs> I, I think I was um, very raw, like raw talent. Like, like I said, I was big and left-handed. I knew I got down the mound, so I knew I had some extension. I also did not throw the hardest in college. I was probably your typical 88 to 92. Um, the thing, the things I had going for me, uh, I, I could strike out guys at least one in inning. Um, so I knew I had some strikeout stuff, and I didn't let up uh, uh, a lot of home runs. I, I still had some command issues, and I fell behind in counts and some walk problems. Um, but to be honest with you, I, I know the Twins are big on, on strikeouts, so maybe that's something they saw and they thought they could help with my command, which they have. Um, but like I said, if you look at my numbers, they're they're pretty bad. So they took a chance, and, and they put a lot of development into me, and I'm thankful, and it's paid off. These guys don't always get a lot of credit, but they certainly deserve some. The developmental staff that works with guys coming up through the minor leagues, because we've seen so many young arms develop into bona fide major league difference makers, Bailey Ober, Griffin Jackson, mm -hmm. and on and on. Who are some of the guys uh, along the way who, who were critical in turning you into a big league pitcher? Oh, my gosh. Man. I, I don't know if I can name everybody. I think my one of my first pitching coaches in the pro ball, his name was Virgil Vasquez. He's not He was with the Twins for a while. Um, he's since moved on to Cincinnati, but um, absolutely amazing mentor. He taught me a lot, not just pitching, um, but mental. Um, I, I can go up and down with um, a lot of the twin staff behind the scenes on the minor league side of the strength program, the training program, coordinators, this and that. And um, I think the twins do an amazing job, especially on the minor league side of things, of of maximizing um, player potential. And, and I think they really do care about how can we get the most out of this guy and what does he need? And and I mean, I can list so many people that, that have helped me get here and um, – I just think it's it's a combination of everyone helping me and, and buying into to the Twins philosophy. Well, I think we've got a shot of you at Dallas Panthers, and let's compare. Maybe we can compare the, uh, the current Cody Funderburg. Look at this guy. Look at this guy. He's got the straight <laughs> what a mug shot. Yeah, that's, uh, you get the straight goat cap. You look about 11 years old uh, <laughs> to, the, uh, to the long-haired guy sitting in front of a tractor now. So pretty good <laughs> shot there. Cody, it's fantastic. We're going to let you go out. I know there's some folks here who want to see you. You're going to sign some autographs. But the last mm -hmm. shot, your your offseason is fascinating because mm -hmm. as interesting as your career is, uh, you have the least interesting maybe career in your in your household because you're spending the offseason in Connecticut. That is not exactly the baseball hotbed. Uh, tell us no. why and, and what's going on there in, in Connecticut. 
I know. I feel like I'm missing out being from Arizona. I know there's a ton of major leaguers out there, but um, my wife uh, is what brought me to Norwalk, Connecticut. Um, she's going, uh, she's working hard at her own career and she supported me tremendously throughout my career and sacrificed so much for me in my career that uh, it's the least that I could do to go help support her and be there for her. And it's not like I, I was there without a facility or I had a baseball facility 10, 15 minutes down the road that I got to go to that there was other uh, some big league guys and minor league guys that I got to work out with. Um, but the biggest the biggest thing that took me to Connecticut was my wife. Yeah, and tell everybody what she does, what she what she's doing out there. She's putting in some serious uh, work. So she has put in some serious work, and uh, she is finished PA school, but now she's doing a surgical residency through Yale um, at Norwalk Hospital. So she's trying to figure out uh, which surgery she likes and which one she wants to go into. Um, right now, she's been doing a bunch of different ones. She's finishing up plastic surgery, which. Um, even when she was in PA school, it was one of her favorite rotations. Um, and it's, I think it's going to be between plastics and orthopedic surgery that she is what she's going to want to do. Outstanding. Let's hope she never has to put that orthopedic knowledge to work on you. Right? Let's, let's, let's keep, keep, <laughs> keep that. Amen. Cody, outstanding to let everybody get a chance to, to hear from you and see you out here. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, hopefully you get to drive that track in a little bit. I'm going to let you go. We're going to have you swap out with another lefty. We're going to put Glenn Perkins there uh, in, in your spot. We're going to take a quick break. Our show is Inside Twins. It's brought to you by Killer Brew Root Beer, live here from Case IH in Watertown, South Dakota today. Killer Brew Root Beer, it's how memories are created and legends are made. So a very quick break, and then we'll be back, and Glenn Perkins will join us with some thoughts on newly minted Hall of Famer Joe Mount, right here on your home for Twins Baseball. Our show is Inside Twins. Inside Twins is brought to you by Killer Brew Root Beer, of course. Uh, it's how memories are created and legends are made. Normally, we take questions from you via our various social media platforms. Uh, today, obviously, not so much with the questions because we are we are taking our show on the road. We are live from Case IH here in Watertown, South Dakota, on this leg of the Winter Caravan, one of two legs of the caravan currently out. Uh, Dan Gladden and some of the other folks are out and about uh, in Iowa and Minnesota. And I'm here with uh, with Cody Funderburk, with Glenn Perkins uh, in South Dakota, moving on up into Fargo, North Dakota, later on tonight. I'm going to see if we've got Glenn situated. You look like a natural in front of that giant tractor over there. I, well, I just got off a tractor. I drove it around the parking lot. So I'm basically a professional farmer now. You've, you've driven, uh, well, you have like a Zamboni type device, right? At one of your, your various residences before? I had a, a significantly smaller tractor than the one that I just drove. The, this thing had eight tires on it. It's like a thousand horsepower. You didn't hit anything, but, uh, did you? No, I didn't. I, I, I honestly think that the, the guy that I was with might have been a little nervous at one point, but uh, we made it around the parking lot, didn't hit anything. Uh, it was quite the experience to drive something that's like this size. That tire behind me is like six feet tall, so these things are, are huge. That's awesome. Speaking of huge, huge news yesterday. Your longtime friend and teammate and opponent roommate back in high school at times, an all-star tournament, Joe Maurer, first ballot into the Hall of Fame. Uh, and I know it was an emotional day for Joe, but it's funny talking uh, to you and, and hearing from Justin Morneau. It was an emotional day for Joe's friends and teammates too. It was it was nerve wracking, and and I, I I said that to Justin that I was nervous and I didn't know why, and he said he was too. Um, I just think that the the moment is is so huge, and playing against Hall of Famers early in my career, playing with Jim Tomey, uh, and then him ultimately getting into the Hall of Fame. 
it's different with Joe because I've known him for so long and uh, been teammates and friends with him, all of those things. It's, it's, it still really hasn't sunk in. Uh, I'm just, I'm happy that he got in. I knew he was going to get in eventually, but how awesome uh, for him and, and for the Minnesota Twins and really all Twins fans to, to have a guy like him and with his story to get in on the first ballot. It's just, it's absolutely incredible. And again, and you're great with numbers. To me, uh, you break it down better than anybody. Just the the rarefied air he's in, in terms of how hard it is to be a big leaguer for even a day, how hard it is to be an all-star, and so on and so forth. The tip of this iceberg is pretty small. It's incredibly small. And, and when my kids, this, this story that I had told you comes from my kids asking if I was going to get into the Hall of Fame. And I said, there's no chance. I wasn't even close to good enough. And they were like, well, you were really good. And I said, yeah, I, I was. And, and comparatively uh, to, to Joe, I was nothing. I was a high school baseball player and Joe was a major leaguer. That's, that's how big the gap is. And for a guy like me that made three all-star teams and, and accomplished uh, good things in baseball, it, it doesn't even hold a candle to what uh, Joe accomplished on the field. And, and that doesn't even mention all of the things that he did off the field and all of the things that, that he did in the clubhouse, the things that fans and people – don't know um you ask any teammate about joe and they're all going to say the same thing that he's a hall of fame person hall of fame teammate husband father all of those things before he's even a hall of fame baseball player and, and i i don't think i'm mistaken to say that that's how he at least among his teammates and the people that he knows wants to be remembered is is all of those things and then yeah he also made it to the hall of fame as a baseball player the one thing you and i kept coming back to as well is we discussed Joe a lot yesterday was the mind-numbing consistency of, of Joe Mauer and consistent excellence uh, of Joe Mauer in everything that, he's, that he does. Well, base, baseball is a game of adjustments. And, and, and just every guy, you, you adjust as you go up, as you climb the ladder, you get to the big leagues, you get sent back down, you, get, you make adjustments and you go back up and maybe you have success. Joe Mauer never had to make an adjustment. He had... I, I watched the video that the twins put out uh, of him hitting when he was a little kid, hitting when he was in high school, hitting in the big leagues and throughout his entire career, it was the same swing. He had the same swing from the time he was five years old until he was 35 playing in his last uh, game in the big leagues. He was that good. Justin said he was never off balance. He was never fooled. It's absolutely incredible that a guy can go through his entire career and be the same person, the same player, the same hitter, and have the success that he did, but he was so steadfast in his approach and, and, and his preparation for the game. But that, that's what it takes to be a Hall of Famer, and that's what separates guys like him from everybody else. Uh, let's go ahead. I think we got some pictures of you as well. Uh, another guy who knows what it's like to wear one uniform uh, for your whole career. That's something Joe kept going back to again and again yesterday. And we're going to see you look a little different, different facial hair maybe, different styles of uniform. But how important was it, Bert? You, like Joe, got to wear your hometown favorite team's uniform, and that was the only big league uniform you ever wore. That's, that's that, where, too. That, that, that was the most important thing to me um, was when I got the opportunity to be a Minnesota Twin, I never wanted to let that go. And, and that was at the forefront of every contract negotiation I had, every conversation that I had with the Twins throughout my entire career was, this is where I want to be, and I don't want to go anywhere else. Even later in my career when we weren't as good of a baseball team, in the, you know 2011 to to 16 that that era 
I didn't want to go anywhere. I thought to me, and I remember having the conversation with Joe that both of us would rather try to win there in the twins uniform, being a kid from Minnesota than to go somewhere else and try to win a world series. If we could do it in Minnesota, like Kent Herbeck did, that would be the ultimate goal. And I was willing to sacrifice not being on some, some incredible teams or some teams that maybe had a chance. I didn't want to be a mercenary in baseball. I wanted to be a Minnesota twin. I grew up watching this team. I grew up watching Kirby Puckett play catch with Tom Bernanski in the outfield in between innings. That's what I wanted to do. And, and I made sure for me that that is what I was happening. I, I think Joe was in the same boat. He, he just was a, a much better baseball player than me. Wait, you're selling yourself a little short. Three-time All-Star, but also a Twins Caravan All-Star. Now, you've come out of retirement a little bit to, to join us on this caravan leg. I think we added it up, and maybe only Tony O has more caravan well, legs. Well, as, as long as the Twins as long were, as the twins want me. You, you were right back into the swing of it last night in Sioux Falls. As long as the Twins want me to come on Caravan, I will. I, I absolutely loved it as a player. I loved getting out and meeting fans and seeing how popular this team was uh, away from the, the cluster of, of downtown Minneapolis and St. Paul and, and getting out and, and seeing it. Um, and to be back uh, like I was last night, it, it was it was awesome to see that again. I, I missed it. I truly did, and, and I'm, I'm happy to be a part of it. I'm happy to represent the, the team and the organization uh, in whatever capacity I can. It, it's been an absolute blast here over the last 24 hours. And we talked about it with Cody a little bit. Were you as surprised as I was at how many people in the room last night in Sioux Falls were actually at the playoff games uh, last fall at Target Field? Uh, yes and no. There was a lot of people that were, but but that's what's great about the Twins is is – you get people from Wisconsin, you get people from Iowa, South Dakota, like we were in Sioux Falls last night, Fargo tonight. There's going to be people that, that were at that game too, and that's not a short drive. That's not a commute down to Minneapolis, and especially with an open-air stadium. But all those people, to be able to come to, to Target Field and watch baseball, there truly is no better place to watch a, a baseball game. And, and it's it's awesome to see their enthusiasm, to know that, though, that we have support in such a broad area. Uh, it, it's unique to Major League Baseball. The, the 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 range of fans that we have and how far they spread out. All right, well, a bunch of them are here and they're waiting to talk to you a little bit. So I'll turn you loose, Perk. We appreciate you filling in on short notice here for Nick Gordon. I'm excited you got to drive your tractor around the parking lot, and uh, we'll uh, catch up with you outside here in a couple minutes. Okay. All right, Chris. Thank you. All right, that's Glenn Perkins, uh, and we appreciate him joining us here on Inside Twins. Take our final break. We'll come back. We're going to wrap up this roadshow edition of Inside Twins from Case IH here in Watertown, South Dakota, next on your home for Twins Baseball. One brief final segment here from uh, this roadshow of Inside Twins. Uh, appreciate everybody helping us make this happen. From our guests here at Case IH in Watertown, Gino back in the studio, obviously Cody and Glenn filling in for Nick Gordon, who had to head home for an illness in the family. Uh, this uh, winter caravan will continue on through the next couple of days, but this weekend, Twins Fest, we hope to see everybody uh, at Target Field and at the Fillmore on, on Friday night, uh, and then Target Field on Saturday. It's always an amazing event. It really kicks off the baseball season for all of us, the Twins organization, getting everybody back in the building, everybody kind of getting excited about it. Then we'll have another caravan leg going out. We hope you can catch us on a winter caravan stop. Uh, and then uh, before you know it, it's down to Fort Myers and spring training will be upon us. So we're very excited, uh, again, to be out and about here on the winter caravan. Really thrilled for our hosts here. I'm a little concerned that they let Glenn drive that tractor around the parking lot, 
Uh, but I haven't heard any crunching noises through the window. So I guess at least they haven't let TC drive uh, the tractor yet. So I did see him riding around on a bicycle here at KCIH. And that has a, a potential to end poorly as well. That's going to do it for this edition of Inside Twins. We appreciate everybody who joined us on the stream live on our various twin social media platforms. And of course, everybody across our fine network of affiliates who catches us each and every Wednesday. Next week, we'll be back more traditional in studio. We hope to see you then right here on your home, Twins Baseball. You have been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.